Hello and welcome to the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. I'm Sonny Giuliano. Soon I'll be joined by my co-host Paul Clark. And right now you're about to listen to one of our eight NFL Divisional Preview Podcasts that we have recorded ahead of the 2019 NFL season, which is the sixth year that Paulie and I have been covering the league. Now, if you've been listening to us over the years, we thank you for coming back. If you're new to the show, thanks for stopping in. Throughout the season, we will be making our game picks each week and breaking down all of the biggest storylines around the league. But for now, we've got divisional previews to handle, so let's get to it. Welcome to day two of the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast Division Preview Extravaganza, whatever you want to call it. I am Sonny Giuliano. I am joined, as always, by my trusty co-host, Paul Clark. And uh, on Wednesday night, we broke down all four AFC divisions, and now Friday night, midnight, we are about to break down the NFC. Paulie, are you ready? Four more divisions, and then, then we're on to the real thing. Week one, picks podcast. We are just a couple days away, my man. Can't wait. All right, well, let's get to it. The NFC East, we will start with tonight. And we, uh, if you haven't listened to any of our AFC podcasts, go ahead and do that at some point. Um, but we have this format that we follow. We have seven or eight questions that we're going to break down, um, categories, if you will, uh, to preview every division. And we start with our one big question, the one question that kind of looms over the division as we head into the year. So, Paulie, what is your one big question for the NFC East? Will Ezekiel Elliott play any games this year for the Dallas Cowboys? That's a big one. It's definitely a big one. And, you know, if if it weren't for what happened with Le'Veon Bell last year, I think everyone, you know, this would probably be a non-story. It would probably be something that people wouldn't be, wouldn't be making a big deal out of. But the fact that we had, you know, a top five running back in the NFL last year just sit out the entire year voluntarily, uh, I think it's pretty telling. And it, it speak volumes to what's going on with Zeke in Dallas right now. I mean, Le'Veon Bell just threw away $14 million last year. And I tell you, this relationship with Zeke and the Cowboys isn't getting any better. It just continues to get worse, if anything. <laughs> just the, the subtle grenades being tossed back and forth. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not conducive to a healthy relationship between team and player, that's for sure. Not at all. Not at all. What? What's your gut instinct say on that? I wanted to talk about this eventually. This was not my one big question, but, you know, we're going to get into best offensive player, and certainly Zeke will come up within that topic. Uh, so what, what's your gut instinct on how this plays out? Uh, I got to tell you, I, I don't think he'll play. The entire year? I think he'll miss at least half. Well, 
if that's the case, I just want to give everyone a heads up. This typically isn't a fantasy football podcast, but if you're looking for, if you're playing daily fantasy like DraftKings, Tony Pollard, a nice, cheap $4,500 option for week one against the Giants. I would guess that if Zeke doesn't play in the fact that we're a week away from that this now, I, I don't suspect that he will. Um, I think that the, the Cowboys might just make a point to run the ball a decent amount of times in that first game against New York just to prove a point. You know, as as Jerry Jones has kind of laid out, we don't need a franchise running back to contend for a Super Bowl, which I find interesting because they had the all-time leading rusher on their team in the early 90s. That's right. neither here nor there. Um, but, yeah, if you're looking for a, a daily fantasy option week one, maybe Tony Pollard, your guy. My one big question heading into the year for the NFC East is will the Philadelphia Eagles stay healthy enough to regain their form from 2017. They were the most injured team, according to Football Outsiders, last year. They lost 118 and a half games from projected starters last year, uh, by far the most in the league, and they still made the divisional round of the playoffs. I think if they can stay healthy... And we might have alluded to this last night, just talking about depth of rosters and stuff like that. Philadelphia might be the most talented roster in the entire NFL. Very talented squad, definitely. And definitely. They, they were so talented that, that two years ago they lost their MVP candidate starting quarterback, replaced him with a journeyman backup, Nick Foles, and they still won the Super Bowl. Last year, it was just a little too much. Defensively, in the back end, they were they were ravaged. They lost Carson once again. And they still played New Orleans damn close in that divisional round game. I mean, really, a drop away, really. I mean, Elshon yeah. Jeffrey, ball went right through his hands. Yep. So that, to me, is the one big question. that They appeared to be a bit snake bit last year. And... You know, if we, we we talked about it on the podcast throughout the years. We were doing our weekly picks. I kept telling you, this is the team I'm afraid of. This is the team that if they sneak in the playoffs, they're going to be dangerous. And you kept telling me, no, they're they're done. You know, they they've lost seven games. They're out of the mix. They can't make the playoffs. They're not dangerous. They got blown out by New Orleans in the middle of the year, and it, it looked like they were dead in the water. And, of course, they, they play my Chicago Bears in the wild card round and knocks out. So that is my one big question because, I, like I said, I think if they can stay healthy, they, to me, are the clear-cut favorites to win the NFC. The whole NFC? Yeah. Wow. Yep. I, I'm, I'm that confident about them. That I'm that confident about their infrastructure, their, their depth, their top-end talent. I think that if they can stay healthy, they will not only win the NFC, I think that they're the Super Bowl favorite. Whoa. I'll come out the gate swinging, my friend. Wow. I'm, I'm excited. I, that, that's, that's a hot take. You came out fast. I'm ready. Like I said, I got a cup of coffee. It's midnight. That caffeine's flowing through my veins. I'm ready to go. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Let's move on to best offensive player. Uh, a few good options here. Who did you go with? 
Well, you know, we talked about Ezekiel Elliott. You know, there's Carson Wentz, but the guy I went with is Saquon Barkley. I I just think what he's going to have to do for the Giants this year and what he did last year as a rookie. I mean, in in the in the mentioning, if not the best running back already in the NFL, I just think the guy's a stud, and I and uh, he he got he got the nod for me as best offensive player of the division. I'm. 100% in agreement. I'm with you. And that's, I feel confident in that until we see what kind of year Carson Wentz is going to have. Because yep. if if Carson Wentz is the guy that he was for those first 12 weeks of 2017, he might get the nod. Yep. Because we were we were talking about him as arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he was um, having a great year. I mean, MVP. Yeah, he, he was, yeah, he was the MVP frontrunner. And... You know, I think if he could get back to that form, he might be the guy in this division. But I'm with you um, with question marks with whether Ezekiel Elliott's going to play. Um, I feel comfortable saying that it's Saquon Barkley. Made the Pro Bowl and the All-Pro team as a rookie last year. 1,300 rushing yards, um, 721 receiving yards, 15 total touchdowns. Led the league with 71 broken tackles, which was 30 more than the next closest player. We knew it coming out of Penn State. This guy was a sure thing. And the debate wasn't whether he was going to be awesome. It was whether against, you know, common knowledge and against the the trend, basically, he should be picked so highly in the draft. And, you know, maybe it wasn't the case. Maybe he doesn't move the needle in the way that, that guys in other positions would. But my feeling was if you can draft a sure thing, a guy that's going to be a multiple-time All-Pro, you do it. And the Giants did it, and I I got to feel like they feel pretty good about that selection. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, uh, With that said, though, I, I did have Carson Wentz as a honorable mention. And even though we made it sound like he had a down year last year in comparison to his MVP year, it wasn't down by many guys' standards. It was 11 games, just over 3,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. His completion percentage was up over 9% from his 2017 season, a 102.2 passer rating. So he was awesome last year. Maybe 95% of what he, he produced in 2017, but he was still really good last year coming off a serious they injury. No they really had no running game last year at all. Right. Um, I found this stat, and this was interesting. So, looking at the only quarterbacks in NFL history with consecutive seasons where in those two seasons combined, they had 6,000 passing yards, 50 touchdowns, and fewer than 15 interceptions. That group... Aaron Rodgers has done it six times. Tom Brady has done it twice. Russell Wilson once, Drew Brees once, Carson Wentz once. That is the entire group. Pretty impressive. Not bad company. Nope. So, he, he, by next year, he he could have an MVP. He could be a a two-time Super Bowl champion. And we could be talking about him as the best offensive player in this division. The other honorable mentions I had, Zeke Elliott, 
uh, led the league in rushing last year. And Zach Ertz, who I think sometimes gets lost in the shuffle of the best tight ends in the league. You know, we we have talked about Gronk for years. Now he's retired. Travis Kelsey kind of took over that mantle as the top tight end in the league. Um, George Kittle burst onto the scene last year. But very quietly last year, Zach Ertz, 116 catches, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns. Oh, Zach Ertz is awesome. I mean, he was their number one receiver. Oh. He, he was the he was the go-to guy. Yeah. Well, it, it it almost got to a point where, you know, you just knew Wentz was looking for him every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I th- I think that he'll have a big year this year too. There are obviously a lot of options within this offense when when everyone's right. Um, Alshon Jeffrey. Ertz. They have Dallas Goder, who is. Um, I think Jordan uh, Howard's going to be a big year for them. Jordan Howard could. They bring in Deshaun Jackson, and he's going to be sidelined probably for the first couple weeks with a broken finger. There are just a lot of guys, but Ertz is still going to be the, the go to guy. Oh, for sure. Um, one guy not mentioned the man who wants to be the $40 million man, Dak Prescott. No. We are both still lukewarm on Dak. No, I'm not. Not we're not with that. Forty million. If Dallas was smart, they would pay Zeke before they paid him. I I know he's the quarterback, but man, oh man, I don't know. This year will be a yeah. I I would too. I'm with you. I would rather have Zeke. This year will be a big test because they. They have Amari Cooper for the entire year. They bring in Kellen Moore to kind of open up the offense. He's the coordinator, the play caller. I I think there are more expectations. There will be more on Dak's shoulders this year than there has been in the past. And especially if Zeke is out, it's going to be Dak's team. And we'll get a good idea if he's going to get that contract and whether he deserves that contract after this year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially if they don't have Zeke for the whole year. Yeah. All right. Best defensive player. I mean, you know, there's Demarcus Lawrence and Landon Collins, but I, I, I don't know. I think when, when healthy Fletcher Cox is so disruptive, you know, such a, he, he's just a stud defensive tackle. I mean, he he's not Aaron Donald, but he's probably the second best defensive tackle in the league. So I went with Fletcher Cox. I'm with you, 100% agreement. Uh, our friends at Pro Football Focus agree with you. Fletcher Cox was the number five rated player in the NFL according to them, the second best defensive tackle. Uh, Fletcher Cox was the only player other than Aaron Donald last year to record 100 quarterback pressures, which is even more impressive because they're playing in, in the interior of the defensive line. Yes. Um, he is just a complete disruptor. We and, and Donald is the same way. And when we preview the NFC West, we'll, we'll surely gush about him. He, he can just take over a game in a way that very few defensive players could. There's no doubt about it. He's very, very talented. 
Um, I'm with you uh, with my honorable mentions to Marcus Lawrence, who got a big five-year, $105 million contract this year, um, this offseason, rather, heading into this year. Uh, Landon Collins. I think that the Cowboys linebacker tandem, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch, I, I think both yeah. of those two guys deserve some mention because, you know, I I certainly didn't expect those two to have the years that they had last year where they both finished in the top 15 in tackles. Um, that was not expected that they would both be pro bowlers, but they are a legitimate linebacker duo, arguably the best in the league. Um, and the only other guy I had in my honorable mention was Brandon Graham. And he, he kind of feels like a, a level down from some of those other guys. Yeah, I agree. Uh, best coaching staff. I mean, I don't even think this is close. I think the Eagles win this one hands down. Yeah, I agree with you. Sometimes it's hard to distinguish how much is the coaching there and how much is Howie Roseman building maybe the most complete roster in the NFL. But what Doug Peterson has done, and you know they've had kind of a rotating crew of offensive coordinators there, but Mike Groh is there now. Jim Schwartz really fine-tuning that defense and turning them into the, one of the better units in the league. I think they are safely the best coaching staff in the division. Yes. Um, well, let's let's save the Jason Garrett talk because we have hot seat watch coming up, and and you know we might have to talk about him there. <laughs> best division newcomer for any oh. new listeners. This is um, best rookie best free agent acquisition who came from outside the division, best player who came over via trade. It could be a new coach. It could be a new GM. Whatever. Paulie, where do you go with this one? Well, there's three guys. You know, I think Randall Cobb's going to be a nice acquisition for the Cowboys to go alongside Mm -hmm. Amari Cooper. Uh, They lost Cole Beasley, but I think Randall Cobb's an upgrade. Uh, Jabril Peppers to the Giants in the trade for Odell Beckham. I think he'll help them. But I went with Jordan Howard. I think he's just going to be a huge, you know, acquisition for Philadelphia to boost that running game. I thought he was a good back. I was surprised, you know, Chicago parted ways with him. But, you know, they like their two young backs. So, I mean, not like Jordan Howard's old. But I I think he's going to have a big year for the Eagles this year. He could. I, you know, I, I've obviously watched a lot of Bears games over the last few years, and I think about these guys on a consistent basis. I agree with you. I, Jordan Howard is a nice back. I, I get the logic behind why they didn't bring him back, because at some point they were going to have to pay him a lot of money, and he's not a running back in the class of Zeke Elliott or Le'Veon Bell, who you want to dish out that kind of money for. Um, And last year, if if we're just looking at how he has trended as a back, his yards per carry has gone from 5.2 his rookie year, um, 4.1 year two, and then under four last year. So, yes, I think that he is going to be a welcome addition to that that backfield, which they they lacked a true number one guy, but I look at their I look at their backs and I still think, okay okay, 
Darren Sproles is there. I think he's going to get some touches. I think Miles Sanders is going to find a role in that offense. Um, Josh Adams at times looked good last year. I think that that's still going to be a bit of a running back by committee there. Um, I actually, I, I went with another Eagle. I went with another guy that the Eagles brought over f- to upgrade the offense. I went with Deshaun Jackson. Um, and obviously he, he broke his ring finger in camp. He is going to be out for a few weeks. But I, I think he's going to really open things up in such a huge way for that Eagles offense that didn't really have a downfield burner like him. I, I, I just like that dynamic that they'll be able to add with him within that offense. But they just crushed the offseason. That's part of the reason why I, I like them as my Super Bowl favorite. Howard, Deshaun Jackson, they add Malik Jackson to the defensive line. They add Zach Brown, um, who can't really be included within this category because he comes over from Washington. But he was the third highest graded linebacker, according to Pro Football Focus, last year. Um yeah. So I, I just I love what they did. They they just were stacked and they're even more stacked now. Um, neither of us mentioned either of the two quarterbacks that these two teams that, that the Giants and the Redskins drafted. What's your read on Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones, and when you think either of those two are gonna end up seeing some playing time? I, I mean I think they're both gonna both gonna end up seeing some this year. I, I mean, Daniel Jones look phenomenal in preseason. I mean, mm-hmm. you see a lot of vanilla defenses and, and you know, but, I mean, you look great. Haskins, uh, he was okay. I mean, I think they're both going to get a chance because, you know, I don't think either team's going to be very good. And Keenum and, and Eli, I mean, they're not your guys anymore. So I, I think they're both going to end up getting chances. I agree with you. I'm interested in seeing how quickly those two teams pull the plug. I feel like it's going to happen sooner in Washington just because there's no allegiance to Case Keenum, where the New York thing needs to be probably a little more delicate because Eli's been there so long. Yeah. Um, But it's tricky because it's one of those things where and I think everyone stands on a, a slightly different side of this debate, but how much playing time do you want to get these guys when there's no hope of being good, you know, when you don't have the right skill position guys around them, when you don't have the offensive line to, to keep them upright? That Those are the kind of things that these teams are going to have to kind of deal with, and especially these two teams in particular. Um, where there aren't a lot of offensive weapons. Yeah, the the Giants have Saquon Barkley, but who who besides him are they would Daniel Jones be throwing to? Washington, their wide receiver situation might be even more dire. So it'll be tricky to see how they they integrate those I two. Think, I actually think the Giants have way more weapons. I mean they got Evan Ingram you know, yeah. Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate. I mean, that's really better than what Washington has, I I think. I agree with you. I, I agree. And and the Giants offensive line probably a little more secure than what's going on with Washington too. Um but that'll be that'll be interesting to watch to to see when those two eventually get the get the nod. Because I it does feel like it's going to happen at some point this year. 
Uh, let's move on to hot seat watch. This could be a coach, a GM, a quarterback. In the past, those have kind of been the guys that we focused on. But I guess technically it could be anybody who is in danger of losing his job at some point. Holly, who do you go with? I mean, I think this one's pretty easy. I think it's Jason Garrett. <laughs> I mean, sure. uh, to, me, to me, if, you know, Dallas doesn't do something serious this year, um, I, I think uh, old Jerry Jones will roll out the red carpet to a man in Oklahoma by the name of Lincoln Riley, and he'll be able to name his price to be the next Dallas Cowboys head coach. It does feel that way. It does. The only reason I didn't go with Garrett is because I think that there's a little more optimism in Dallas for this season to go well. Um, I, I agree with you where if it doesn't, I think he's out. But to me, I went with the same guy I went with last year. I went with Jay Group, who is currently the massive Vegas favorite to be the first head coach fired. He's plus 275. Um, he He's entering his sixth year as the Redskins head coach. He's 35-44-1. Um, I just don't think he makes it to the 2020 calendar year. The last day of the regular season is, I believe, December 29th. I think that means... And actually, what's funny is they play Dallas the last week of the season. Um, depending on Dallas' situation, that might be a loser-goes-home <laughs> matchup. Loser must retire, man. Yeah, they they might they might have to have the contract signing at the star, the center of the field in <laughs> Dallas before that game. Wow. Because if I'm with you, if Jason Garrett doesn't get the Cowboys to the playoffs, I think he's gone. There is no reason to believe that Jay Gruden is going to get the Redskins to the playoffs this year. So I think he's no. gone. Yeah. You're right. Um. The only other guy I had as an honorable mention is Eli. Just because now the Giants officially have the next guy. Yeah. I, I don't even think that seat, Todd. I just think it's – I don't even think there is a seat. I just think he's standing <laughs> up right now waiting waiting to leave the room. It, it's almost like when, when someone asks you, hey, could you save my seat? Like Daniel Jones had to go to Eli and be like, hey, could you sit down for a second? I have to – after running use the bathroom, you just yeah. keep this warm for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll be back in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a better way to put it. You're right. Um, let's see. We have Gambler's Corner. So our favorite uh, bets from Vegas, Polly. What do you have? I went over thirty and a half Carson Wentz touchdown pass. That feels that feels good. It does. Uh, he, yeah, yeah. Um, I had that as honorable mention. I, I actually had a couple Eagles ones that um, I had as honorable mentions. I have Carson Wentz to win MVP. That's plus eight hundred. Um, I have the Eagles to win the Super Bowl at thirteen to one. That one feels really nice. Um, Jay Gruden as the first head coach fired. I think if they get off to a slow start, maybe they they pull the trigger there early. They they don't wait until that loser leaves town match. 
against Dallas at the end of the year. So it, it's a it's a tough stretch for Washington to start the year. They they're at Philadelphia, they're home for Dallas, home for Chicago, at the Giants, home for New England, um, and then at Miami. And that might be the the one that breaks the camel's back because. If they're one and four, zero oh and five, and they go into that game against crappy Miami, and the Dolphins end up winning that game, it could be lights out. Yeah, big time trouble. But I actually I went with Saquon Barkley to go over one thousand three hundred and fifty and a half rushing yards. I like that as well. It's a big number, but I just – we saw it last year. He's going to get so many touches. And, and, you know, maybe the fact that he's going to be getting a lot of receptions, too, that cuts into some of the rushing numbers. But he had 13.07 last year. I, I just got to feel like that number goes up by 44 yards. Yeah. I, I, I like that, too. Um. All right, last but not least, division records. Let's start at the bottom. Paulie, who do you have in fourth place in the NFC East? I have your man, Jay Gruden, in last place with a record of 4-12. and I have the New York football Giants in fourth place. With a record of four and twelve. Third place. I have the Giants in third place, one game better, five and eleven. Strangely enough, I have the Redskins in third place, one game better, five and eleven. <laughs> second place. Uh, second place, I have the Dallas Cowboys at ten and six. All right, I have Dallas second place. I have them nine and seven and out of the playoffs. There, there are so many good teams in the NFC. And when I, for full disclosure, when I do my pick for the season, I run through every game on the schedule. I pick a winner. I fill it out in a column, whether it's a win or a loss for a team. And over the last two weeks before we did this podcast, I, I I picked the entire schedule three times, and every time I landed on nine and seven for the Cowboys. And every time I look at it and I think that seems low, but I've done it every time. So I kind of feel like it just feels right. (laughs) And in first place in the NFC East, I have the Philadelphia Eagles at 11 and five. I have the Philadelphia Eagles. I have them 12-4 and four and first in the NFC. Do you have the Cowboys in the playoffs or no? Um, I really haven't broke down my playoffs and stuff yet. I was I thought we'd do that on the podcast. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that week one. We we always Week one, we always go through the nitty-gritty of the playoff matchups. We have them seeded one through six, and we break it down round by round. That's fine. Very good. All right, well, that is the NFC East. 
Um, this one, it, it felt pretty safe to me. It felt like Philly's the best team. Dallas is clear-cut number two. Whatever order you want to put New York and Washington, and I, I don't think anyone would be willing to really argue that passionately. I don't really think it, yeah, it doesn't really matter much. Right. They're, they're, both of those teams are going to finish somewhere between four and six wins and be safely out of the playoff mix. Yes. I think they're actually both mathematically eliminated already. It, that that sounds right. That, that sounds like something I've read. <laughs> but I, I don't have confirmation on that right now. <laughs> All right, buddy. That is the NFC East. We, uh, we're going to be recording the NFC North up next. So if you listen to this one, you like what you heard, make sure you you like this podcast wherever it is. It, it's all over the place, Paulie. We have it on Hardwood and Hollywood. We have it on TalkShoe. We have it on Anchor. We have it on Spotify, which I'm super pumped about. Um, and it, all of our podcasts are going to be on all those sites throughout the year. So take your pick. Pick your favorite. Tell your friends, retweet us, do whatever you want to do. Um, and with that said, we'll be back soon. Polly, it's been fun. Absolutely. See, talk to you soon. <laughs>